Hello there, it's Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert. Uh, Oh man, you know, it's really amazing. You know, a number of years ago I was down, I actually had to go down to Hollywood. Uh, I was in an interesting competition. In my very early days, when I was like 15 years old, I used to model and I was involved with Eleanor Fulcher's. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, funny enough, I was a total tomboy. No question. I mean, you know, you know, the alleyways between two stores, for instance, you know, you can get to the back of the rear of the store and these stores have the apartments above. Well, many years ago when I was a kid, I mean, nowadays I look at and I think, oh my God, how did my mom let me do that? And I used to shimmy up the side of the two walls to get to the roof, which was two stories high because we actually used to rent in the apartment above the, uh, the store. And that was over in the Keel Neglington area. Funny enough, I was determined I wanted to get those tennis balls (laughs) because I could sell those. I mean, we're going back a few years here. So I, what I did was I shimmied up the walls of this, the two apartments, got onto the roof, got the balls. Then what I did, of course, I threw them down to my accomplice, who was my older brother, (laughs) three years older than me, but uh, he wasn't a daredevil like me. And of course, now I had to figure out how to get down. Well, you know, you can't shimmy down. You can shimmy up. That's easy. But down is another story. So luckily, there was a huge apartment building two doors over, which meant I had to jump between another laneway of the other two buildings in order to get to that building, which was two over, of course. And from there, I could jump down one story, which would be, you know, roughly that time I'm trying to guess that it would maybe be, you know, 10 feet or something. And I'd have to land on the rooftop of the garage. And then when I got there, then, of course, I jumped down one more time and I get on on concrete surface. So, unbelievable. (laughs) I look back at this and I think, oh, wow, isn't that something? But, you know, really interesting is is that uh, I think that all of our experiences make us who we are today. So a little bit of a go-getter and a daredevil is definitely in there. But, you know, as I said, as I was a real, you know, tomboy, then all of a sudden when I got this opportunity, you know, being five foot nine and a hundred and, you know, 10 pounds at the time, when I got this opportunity to get into the modeling world, it was huge for me because it opened up the door of looking pretty, you know, learning makeup, hair, and so on and so on. So where I'm getting at is I went down to Hollywood in 2000. I was in six competitions. I actually ended up winning three of them. I was in, at the time, you know, we had voiceover, which is actually commercials and radio and so on, which sort of brought the forte of me being able to start the condo expert because of my past experience. And also, you know, the other runway was one and jeans was another. Interesting enough, When I was down there, I decided to rent a car and take in the sights. So I went and saw Rodeo Drive. Uh, It was unbelievable, Bel Air. Now, that shocked me because I could not believe the value of the real estate in Hollywood because when you go into that area, it's amazing. You know, you've got literally, you've got houses that are built on stilts. And you're, you think you're going up like a, you know, a circular, circular up higher and higher driveway, leaving you way up to the top. But there's a whole bunch of houses and most of the construction workers that were there that day, I stopped to talk to them and I was really taken back because they were telling me about how they have to 
make sure that these stilts are secure in the foundations because there is movement in the lands. And, you know, now mind you, I don't know if that's changed. I am going back to 2000. But, you know, we were talking about properties that well over at that time, half a million plus a million and so on. And, you know, the recognition of Hollywood with the amount of money that's uh, in that area is outstanding. But, you know, then when I started driving around, of course, I wanted to see the Hollywood sign. Now, finding that was unbelievable, too, because it ended up being almost in the rear, rear yards, back area of a residential housing area. Now, that really threw me. Because no matter where you drive in Hollywood on any of the highways, if you look over, you can see that sign. So when they decided to erect it right there, they actually did major research on it to see where the most visible spot would be in the entire area so that that Hollywood sign would be recognizable anywhere. And it is, and it does. <laughs> so, you know, if you do get a chance, uh, please, you know, go down to Hollywood because I think you're going to be absolutely amazed. Which, you know, I talk about real estate a lot. And sometimes I find it really fascinating on celebrity real estate. Like, you know, it was reported last week, actually, that Mark Zuckerberg was seen in Dolores Park. Now, you know, What's happened, actually, in that whole Silicon Valley area has just been unbelievable. Like, you know, they're, they're talking about how many millionaires have come out of that particular neighborhood alone. And so many changes in real estate is happening right now because the values in that area are absolutely soaring. I mean, they don't really have a lot of construction. It's certainly not anything like, you know, Toronto is with all of the mass development we have in vertical buildings. So what's happening is, is they're starting to identify that there could be a bit of a housing concern because there may not be enough houses for the amount of people that are moving in. Now, funny enough, when I did some research on it, I was really, really surprised at some of the values because, you know, apparently uh, just recently there was a property that sold for $500,000 over list price. Can you imagine? Now, we get that quite often. I mean, you know, you can go into the newspaper and you can see, like, for instance, the beaches area. You hear, wow, you know, the property sold for $200,000, $180,000 over list. The interesting part about that is, is that, you know, again, supply and demand, but it's obvious that there isn't enough housing in that neighborhood uh, down in California. And so therefore, plus, you know, the amount of monies that's coming into that, that neighborhood is really driving up the prices. So interesting, where am I going to? Well, you know, 2014 has not been an easy year right now. Man, are we ever cold? (laughs) Are you guys sick of snow? Because honestly, I feel like I'm living in Alaska. I walk outside and I live on a court and I walk outside and I've got this massive mound right in the center of the court. There's only like seven houses and we literally have no place to put our snow anymore. Now, would I like to be down in California? (laughs) Absolutely. So you could sell your property up here in Toronto, Mississauga, and with the way our prices have gone, you most likely, depending on what you own, you could very well buy a uh, property down in that neck of the woods and experience, you know, a completely different temperature. But, you know, I think that uh, the real estate market, you know, aside from all the reports, different reports that you're reading in the papers, you know, generally our market tends to 
show some changes by, you know, mid-January, once everybody has packed up their Christmas trees and so on and celebrated or or getting close to celebrating Chinese New Year in January. We're almost at the part where the market will be returning after the holiday season. But we really haven't been there. And there's a major concern right now on whether or not condominiums are going to be dropping the prices of real estate. Now, Ken, interesting, the comment was, I saw it on a headline last week, is that will condominium market, I think the TD Bank put it out there, that the condominium market is going to be hit a little bit on it. They're going to see some decline in prices, but they don't believe it's going to affect anyone else. Now, I find that really hard to believe. I, I don't understand the theory and the philosophy behind the statement because in the past, over the last 35 years, real estate has always been a domino effect. So there, if there is a substantial change in the condo market because of an excess of inventory and not enough buyers, which right now I'm not really convinced that we can make that statement because of the timing, the cold weather and this enormous amount of slow has really, you know, it's really set us back with with where we are right now. Because I know most of my clients, they're not really gung-ho about jumping out of the house and, you know, going off to go see properties right now, only because it's cold and it's really hard to get around. You know, yesterday I was listening to CP24. Rob Ford was actually, because as you all know, we're in an election year and he is running for re-election. And uh, he actually was on CP24 last night, and he gave out some really good information. He said that because of this extremely cold weather, there's a greater demand to keep the ice rinks open. Now, you know, generally by, you know, by March break, by this time of the year, those are slowly closing because it costs a lot of money, you know, because last year, if you think about the previous years, we've had warm weather in March, and if there's no snow, it's not cold. So therefore, it's really impossible for us to be, you know, paying taxpayers dollars to keep these rinks open year to year at at that time, considering that the environment isn't helping us to do it and, you know, keeping them operating without spending more monies. So this year, again, you know, look at the change of life. If we've got people right now that are actually taking their time and the kids, which is fantastic. I think it's wonderful. Did you know that there's actually 11 rinks in the Toronto area, like for instance, in Westway and Humber Valley, Otto Creek, Trinity Bellwood, Harry Gary, Riverdale East. I mean, those are just a few of them. But there's actually 11 rinks that were paid by corporate sponsors. And 17 outdoor rinks are going to be open until the end of March break. And then what they're actually going to do is they're going to leave some more open later. But interesting enough, they've also have another rink, like apparently Scarborough only has one rink. Corporate sponsors again have stepped in in order to put it on the budget for next year that there's going to be a second rink available in Scarborough. It's it's really interesting because, you know, sometimes... If we're talking real estate, like think about that. So now at least we have property that is owned by municipality property that's just sitting there and isn't being used over the wintertime. So if we can, you know, have, I mean, in Toronto, they have a mayor. I know granted there's been (laughs) all sorts of controversy here and there and this and that. I'm not even going to get into that. I only want to talk about benefits that are available for the general public. 
So no matter which city that we're looking at, whether it's Toronto, whether it's Mississauga, whether it's Oakville or Burlington, the bottom line is, is that if any of these cities had a mayor that took the time to realize that, hey, we have parks and recreation areas that aren't used in the wintertime, so why not use them? And if we can get corporate sponsors in to then turn around and, you know, build a rink and provide a beautiful recreational facility for the children in the neighborhood and keep them active and healthy over the winter months when it's cold and it's the perfect time to sit in front of the television and vegetate. What is wrong with that? I think it's fantastic. Do you know that, you know, when I listened to that uh, that conference yesterday, all I saw was a bunch of hungry animal reporters that wanted to get into all the controversy, and not one person took a moment and recognized the advantage of having all these rinks open at this time of the year and not costing a dime for taxpayers. Now, that's important. Like, how do you, that's like going to someone's dinner, uh, you know, a friend of yours invited you over for dinner, and you go in and you eat, your tummy is full, you feel fantastic, you've drank, you've eaten, you feel great, and you just leave, don't even bother saying thank you. I mean, come on, like seriously. You know, I think that I went down to New York a few years ago, and I was absolutely amazed at how many parkettes there were for children. You know, and basketball courts. There was basketball courts all over. Grand Central Park. I mean, look how much area that covers in in the mainstream. So, you know, it's an interesting way to look at things sometimes. Like sometimes I think we get so bombarded by the negative controversy, and certainly the media loves controversy. And we, we forget the good things that are actually happening out there. So, you know, my family's always been involved in sports, in particularly hockey, which means ice rinks. And I will tell you that, you know, if we're fortunate enough to have ice rinks around the province and have corporate sponsors that are picking up the cost for them, I can't even count the amount of money that is saved because, believe me, putting children on ice for skating and and recreational things and so on, saves a ton of money in even in healthcare. It makes sure that our kids are growing up healthy. Interaction, you know, they probably have certain times of the day where they're they're having fun, little pickup hockey games and so on. I mean, honestly, I really think these reporters need to put a plug on it sometimes and take a look at what is really important here. Because do we really need to rehash? what's been going on like, you know, a month and two months ago. I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of tired of it. I really seriously am. Interesting enough, you know, when I read the articles about San Francisco and what's happening there and, you know, where the prices are and what's, you know, what's kind of going on. If you put this all together, when I look at the ice rinks, I think about the real estate value. You know, it's really, really easy for the city at a blink of an eye for all of us to turn around and for them to for something to go through committee of adjustments, for changes to be made, you know, can we lose our parkland? Heck, we lost our uh, green space many years ago. I had a phenomenal 32-acre lake. Can you imagine? Beautiful. It was up actually in Caledon. I had it for sale. And what had happened was is that it was a man-made lake. It used to be a rock quarry. And what happened was is that as they dug deeper and dug deeper and came, the rocks came out and so on. 
bang, they hit spring water. And can you imagine that this 40-acre piece of land all of a sudden ended up with a 32-acre pristine lake? Never a motorboat on it. Now, the fishing in there was outstanding. And what had happened was, as I put it up for sale, the gentleman that was leasing the land actually was, was a non-profit, a gentleman that was running a non-profit. And what he was doing is, is that he rescued animals. You would have been shocked. He had wolves and cougars and uh, fox and all sorts of animals on his wildlife non-profit farm, doing a really good thing. And he wanted to stay there, no doubt. Absolutely. The property was up for sale and there was two ways to run it. One was to have him still allow him to use his facility. And the second one was, is to bring in a group that wanted to purchase the property. But what they were going to do is they were going to create a farming, kind of like an ice fish farm resort area. So basically they would breed fish into the lake, possibly have competitions, fishing competitions, you know, build uh, a number of uh, cabin type things. And uh, it would have been so amazing. I mean, I'm sure Bass Pro would have been all over it once it got underway. Anyway, we were no sooner, the group and myself, because I was representing them and I had the listing, we were sitting in front of the mayor of Caledon. And at that particular time, the McGinty government if you recall, if you go back a few years ago, when the whole Greenbelt issue came in and they uh, they basically stopped development on certain areas of the Greenbelts and so on, well, in the first plan, that property was not hit. So we were able to move forward conditionally, bang, not even within two weeks, we got notification. All of a sudden, there was a second phase and this property got hit by the Greenbelts and it prevented any construction whatsoever. Now, how does that benefit us? I, I, I don't understand it. I mean, you would think that these politicians would take a moment and, and take a look and see what's going on around the neighborhoods before they just decide, okay, fine, you know what, that looks like a great spot, let's just shut it down. Not to mention the livelihood of, of the farmers, for instance, in those areas that may have retired away from farming now and they're depending on this property. Now, in those locations thinking about the, you know, the uh, Greenbelt areas, most likely those would not be a location for vertical buildings. Certainly not on Gore Road, it would not be. So it would be most likely of semi-detached single-family dwellings, which we are obviously pretty soon are going to be coming, getting a shortage of because the builders don't make as much money on those as they do on the vertical buildings. So think about that for a moment. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato. Love giving you lots of good information. So hang tight and I'll be right back. Linda Pinizzato, whether it's a house, townhome, or condo, when you're ready, she's your negotiator. With 34 years of experience, Linda guarantees that you have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373, or visit her at lindapinizzato.com. And thank you so much for joining me. You know, today has been just a fascinating time of learning so much of what's going on out there. And that's what the condo expert is all about. I'll hit so many different issues. You'll notice them on iTunes and on podcast. 
Reporting here from the Hayes FN, you have been listening to Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert. Now, also remember, register yourself if you're a condo owner or condo buyer. Register at www.coaontario.com. And also, if you've got questions, whether they're real estate related or condominium or property values, this and that, you know, I wouldn't have the uh, information I have had I not had the experience that I've received, and I certainly wouldn't have been able to start the Condo Owners Association without having this kind of a background. So contact me at Linda Pinizzato, P-I-N-I-Z-Z-O-T-T-O at coaontario.com or Linda at lindapenizzato.com. Until the next time, have a fantastic day, and thank you so much for tuning in. Oh, my computer crashed. Oh, no, I've got a virus. Oh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday, 647-977-7113, itmayday.com.